Defender meets Drop Zone on Amigos, everything Amiga. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're talking about data storm. Oh man, yeah. Would you call yourself a data hoarder? <laughs> I thought you were going to get real blue for a second there. Data hoarder, absolutely. I'll, I'll hoard the data. You got to. Mm -hmm. Who's the biggest data hoarder you know? Chad. The Chud. The Chud. The Chud. He's got, in fact, he's building a server to up at our river house. Really? Yeah, just because he can. He's got crap sitting around everywhere and he keeps buying more. He hoards everything. Like I said, originally he wanted to download all the internet back when that was almost a it wasn't as stupid sounding as it is now right you know so he was downloading everything it's like what, are you downloading the schematics for like a a bulldo yeah bulldozer it's like what about uh you know what about gardening tips gardening tips recipes everything he had it all mm. he probably still does what's the most obscure crap you've got on your hard drive oh gosh obscure i mean probably some like old radio logs for mm -hmm. like uh uh, the the uh, you know one of the old uh, like the Ke the Kellogg's Hour or mm -hmm. something that's pretty obscure yeah yeah you know? radio programming yeah some real old weird stuff now like that. that the Internet Archive is around yeah my urge to kind of grab stuff from various places is decreased because I know that sooner or later almost everything ends up there well the problem is they've kind of they've become uh came under a lot of scrutiny that's here true. recently that's true you know so hopefully. Gosh, it would be horrible if they went away, mm -hmm. you know, but you never know anymore. I mean, the world's upside down. You it never is, know. it is. Aaron, let's talk about Data Storm. My pleasure. Data Storm. Man, there's a war going on. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. Stirring love. That was awesome. Data yeah, Data Storm didn't screw around. <laughs> so, Data Storm is a scrolling shooter game for the Amiga. Released by Visionary Design Technologies. You couldn't have summed up a game better than what you just did. It's a scrolling shooter game. That's exactly what it is. That's right. That's the end of it. We're done. Released by <laughs> Visionary Design Technologies in 1989. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, a uh, little bit of an overview of, uh, of this game. So... Uh, Datastorm was developed by Visionary Design Technologies, otherwise known as VDT. Hmm. Uh, a small Danish company, uh, Denmark. We don't cover a lot of Danish games here on the show. We don't. Uh, ironically, I love Danishes. Yeah. And the Danes. That's I like true. it all. That's true. Uh, this uh, uh, VDT was founded by Soren Grombeck. Oh, yeah. In 1988. They got the best name. They've got the best O's. They've got the yeah. O's they, with the yeah. slash. Anytime you got the slash, mm -hmm. you're hardcore. That's right. Uh, the music and sound effects were composed by Tim Engels. So. Um, are you ready to hear some lore about Datastorm? I love it. Yeah, I, I know a little bit, but give me the full scoop. Bro. Okay. Datastorm takes place in the far-flung distant future. Uh -huh. Okay. Uh, the, 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 the planet Xerxes has exploded, and it's caused its eight orbiting colonies to drift into deep space. Oh, no. <laughs> that's bad times if you're one of those colonies. That's right. So, the inhabitants of these colonies must locate a new home planet, so they each send a survival pod into space to search for one. However, there's also the bad guys. The yeah. bad guys are out there. The, an alien race known as the Zyaxians. A lot of Zs in this world. There's a lot of Zs and a lot of Xs. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they send their forces to attack and capture the pods, 
and uh, destroy any ship that comes after them. Okay, so in Data Storm, you take the role of a brave pilot who volunteers to fly a prototype spaceship called the Data Storm. Yeah. Oh, that's the name of the ship. That's eh? the name of the All ship. Right. Okay. Weird name, really. That's, it is a little bit yeah. weird, but you know, you never know what's normal in in, yeah. in Daneland. Uh, so uh, that ship was uh, it is equipped with advanced weapons and technology. It can counter the threat. So, Aaron, Data Storm. When you fired this thing up for the first time, did you read the lore beforehand? I didn't read the lore, but I will say that's some good lore. Because, I mean, let's cut to the chase. This isn't a, what I would call a wholly original title. Not wholly original. Uh, but I don't remember the uh, the original game's lore. But that's some good lore. It, may, it makes... It, I, I will say this this world is screwed. <laughs> because the five <laughs> colonies that got thrown into space, like, they're boned. Because these planets are not ready to be settled. They're not yet. They're hostile. They need to be terrified. No. So they need to find, They need to go, go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Far away. But yeah. Uh, listen. The game is one of those games you start it up, and it doesn't like gently come on screen. It punches you in the face. There's a really cool open yeah, in this yeah. game where you've got your player. He jumps into the, the spaceship, and the spaceship takes off. Yeah, gives, gives the, the big up. thumbs up. Yeah. But even before you start the game, probably just when you load it, mm-hmm. it goes, boom, boom, that storm. Right, we yeah, heard, yeah. and there's explosions. Mm-hmm. And then when you're going through the menus and stuff, there's crap going on. Mm-hmm. And there's splashes and stuff. Even the instructions and crap are like they're... There's always some action going on. They the instructions hone into the screen and they leave. Uh, so right away you know you're in for something, mm-hmm. and you know that this is a, a you know a demo-ish type crew. Oh yeah, you know, they know what they're doing. So uh, this game, let's talk about what this game is. Yeah. This game is a it, when you look at it straight away you think well this is a Defender ripoff, but really yeah. it's got much more in common with Drop Zone. Yeah. Uh, Drop Zone, I believe, came out sometime in the early 80s. It definitely came out before Data Storm. Originally released on the Atari 8-bit computers. Uh, we actually covered this, I believe, on 1200XL. On an yeah. Episode 1200XL. We love that one. Yeah. Um, this game is a, is a clone of Drop Zone. The only thing that changes is instead of a guy on a, in a, in a jetpack, you are a Defender-style ship. Yeah. Uh, now... What does this game have in common with Drop Zone? Well, what you're doing is you are basically bouncing along. You have full range of, of flight. You can scroll. This this game is a scrolling shooter just like Defender. Uh, and you, uh, you have these little balls that are bopping along on the bottom of the screen. Your job is to pick up these little balls in your ship and deliver them. Okay, now in Drop Zone, you deliver them to a... Um, it's like a, a little base. Yeah. Okay. In this game, you deliver your your little dudes to. Boy, th- th- this actually is mentioned in the docs, and I didn't write it. Uh, let's see. Say, oh, and the, you have to take them to a warp gate. It's like a reverse faucet. Yeah. Like- yeah. It looks like. A, yeah. It looks like a reverse faucet. That's yeah. right. Um, but what it is, I guess, it's like a Stargate type yeah. thing. So you it works. Are, yeah. Yeah, I like it. You because it, it's easy. You just. Go right through it. You're exactly. Good to go. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, in this game, you have various types of monsters that that jump into you. Uh, you've got um, 
I, I don't know, they kind of look like the Defender aliens. They're kind of green things. You've also got bouncing balls. You've got missiles of all different types. There's hordes. There are things that break apart. Mm -hmm. There are things that mutate. There are things that come out that just keep coming. Yeah. There's all kinds of crazy things. I looked at the instructions. There's a big, long list of... I will say the game has great on like in-game instructions. It tells you what you know what you're doing. It has a list of all the different enemies, what they do, what the score on them is. It's a score game, uh, and they there's a ton of they, uh, including enemies that will come along after the game has started when they do stuff like mutate one of your settlers, or if you shoot one, uh, they he turns into something else. So right. there are quite a few different uh, varied bad guys. And uh, in this game, you do have power ups, which is a, I believe a difference from Drop Zone. I don't think you have any power ups in Drop Zone. Uh, you have uh, you have extra lasers. You've got smart bombs, which destroy everything on the screen. You've got a cloaking device and a speed boost. Uh, and you also have different levels that you can start on. There are uh, easy, normal, hard, and insane. Yeah. I think is what they are. And essentially, what this does is it just it physically slows down the programming of the game. Uh, if you if the game it's uh, if the game plays too fast, if you put it on easy mode, the exact same game will play. It'll just be slower. I tended to play a lot on easy mode yeah. because I just found that I was just moving. My ship would just move too erratically if I tried to play anything faster. I played that. on the hardest level, which is what it was like. Mm -hmm. It's fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this game also supports single player or two player modes, which is cool. It's got two two player modes. Two two player modes. You've got uh, you've got uh, hot seat or simultaneous. Yeah, you're like teammates. Right. Pretty. Right. That's kind of neat. That I like is, that. That's, yeah, that's cool. Uh, but the big thing that everybody always remembers about Data Storm is that it has these boss battles where yeah. you're fighting. There's a there's sort of two bosses. The first one isn't really a boss. It's the the docs claim that it's some sort of like a wave of enemy attacks, but it looks like a meteor shower, and it basically just moves across the screen as like a like a locust uh, swarm. Well, I mean there are. Th I guess there are three bosses. There, right? There's the big UFO. Right, then the big UFO. The, then there's the a thing with the tentacles hanging off the bottom, and then there's the big skull. Okay, so the, the, there's the triple, multiple triple bosses. Of yeah, multiple yeah. bosses yeah. here. So I mean, there's a lot to to set this part this this game away. Now, what is this like in terms of Defender? It's like Defender in that it's got the radar at the bottom of the screen. I think in Defender it's at the top, but it's got a, it's got a radar that looks exactly like Defender. You're uh, the the guys that you're trying to collect. Uh, will be picked up and carried to the top of the screen by the aliens. If they get to the top, they mutate into dangerous things. So it is a it is a mix of Defender and Data Storm, but I would say it's got more, or I'm sorry, uh, Drop Zone and Defender, but I'd say it's got more Drop Zone than Defender, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, Aaron, what did you think? What did you like? What did you not like about Data Storm? This continues the tradition of Defender clones that I like way better than actual Defender <laughs> but I, I was never a fan of Defender in the arcade. I never, I mean, in, I don't know if you ever played an actual arcade machine of Defender. Have you ever played one in the oh, flesh? Oh, yeah, like, tons of times. Okay, well, so you're familiar with the control yeah, layout. Yeah, insanely hard. So <laughs> much harder than playing it on me. It's so much harder. Yeah, yeah. Because there's like, you have to literally hit buttons for everything. Mm -hmm. So the, in the arcade, I, I avoided this thing like the plague. I played it one time. Home versions that had to simplify the controls, good move. They were overcomplicated in the arcade to the nines. Of course, that's the old days of the arcade. They're still trying to figure out the joystick and whatnot. So we played our. I was. I think it was Archer McLean did drop zone. Didn't yeah, yeah, Archer McLean. That's and right. So uh, this was like sort of like another one of these. Well, I, I even like this one more than that one. If I'm honest, listen, uh, the guys that put this together, you heard their pedigree. You know what they know what they're doing. 
This thing plays quickly, smoothly. The radar works part, just like you'd expect. I mean, they didn't reinvent the wheel on a lot of this stuff, but they got the sound effects. Uh, Defender had great sound effects, the original. Uh, uh, the guys at Williams were masters oh, yeah. of sound effects. All their games had these really bizarre, and because it came from their pinball side, mm-hmm. they knew how to put together these real and, weird and noises. They knew, and you can spot a Williams game from a mile yeah. off just by listening Absolutely. to it. Absolutely. And so this game, they... They didn't totally rip off Defender in terms of sound, but they did come up with some crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a unique sounding. It sounds like something you play in the arcade. A weird, I like the weird, crazy sounds. I like it. Uh, the uh, the ship. I like the ship more than I like the guy with the jetpack from Drop Zone. It's like I'm a, I think it makes more well, sense. Well, it makes more thematic sense. Yeah. because the guy with the jetpack collecting those like little tiny orbs, like yeah. it was weird. Uh, this game, the, I like the power-up system. You get the, the extra firepower. The auto-fire is good. You really feel like a beast, too, when you unlock some of those power-ups. And you can you can cover the screen with your bullets. Yeah, and then you've got... Now, there, of course, this is a... you got a one-button uh, joystick. The one button does two separate things. You shoot, and if you hold the button down for an extended period of time, your smart bomb goes up. And then you also still have to hit the space bar to activate your shields. And the shields stay on until you turn them off, so you can screw yourself mm-hmm. if you've got them on. And all of a sudden, the action gets hot and heavy, and right. you're like, "Oh crap! I forgot to turn them off." It would be nice to. I didn't have a versus that mapped it. Did you? I didn't see no, one. That, no, but I mean, I always, I use the keyboard for everything but fire. I didn't use like I use the keyboard key for the smart bomb. Oh right, I used yeah. the, I used joystick. I mean, hybrid's probably the same exact thing with the mm-hmm. smart bomb. So that one and the and the key and the space bar. So you could they, they you know brought all that over. Uh, but the shields come in handy, but it, they're tough to use when you have to take your hand off the joystick. That's the one thing I, I would don't, I don't like about it. But I guess they were. What are you gonna do? Right. You know? Right. Um, the uh, uh, I the bosses in this. I didn't get to see all the bosses. I got to see the first one. They're cool. They're cool looking. And I, I watched the playthrough where I could see like the last couple bosses. That skull is awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and the gimmick of the big bosses is. They shoot little versions of themselves out that you can't destroy, and they and those things hound you. But you've got to concentrate your fire on the big boss. But the, there's a big like a, um, it's like a UFO with tentacles that come off of it. You have to shoot all the tentacles off before you can do any damage to the main cra- craft. Pretty slick. I like that. I mean, they didn't reinvent the wheel here, mm-hmm. you know. But I mean, it's still neat that they put them in there. Uh, it's a hectic game. There's a lot going on. Uh, it's it, it's hard to get good at it early because you've got. I mean. You've got a limited number of the guys that you can pick up. The first thing you got to do is grab as many of those guys as you can before the bad guys get them. You can't. You, you can go and shoot your own stuff. You don't want to do that. So again, it's all, it's very similar to Drop Zone. You're dead on there. Uh, and I mean, Drop Zone. Don't get me wrong. Drop Zone was a good game too. Uh, but this game, they they got the sound. They got the visuals. They got the explosions. Look great. I like that. And they're not. If you'll recall, Drop Zone. We had to stop all the action as your thing exploded for like uh, 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't happen here. You get right back into the action pretty quick. That was another thing I didn't like about Drop Zone. Right, right. So yeah, overall, I enjoyed it, Boat. I mean, I thought it was a pretty fun game. If you're into this sort of thing, I did not get to play the simultaneous two-player, but I want to real bad. So maybe at Boat Fest we'll give that a whirl. Uh, but uh, uh, I think that would add something to the game. It would be a lot of fun. I don't, I'm not sure how it would work exactly. Uh, but uh, and of course, two player hot seats always nice. Uh, just a, I thought it was a, a very good game. Yeah, yeah. Now, I must. I don't know. I, I didn't go to Lemon when I did my research. I was scouring other places on the internet. Yeah. Uh-huh. It turns out these guys had nothing to do with Hybris. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. It's, it is funny <laughs> so, that they've got the same uh, joystick set up. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So f- scratch that. Forget that. Now, Aaron. 
I'm going to agree with you. Um, this is the most fun I've had with a with a shooter game on the Amiga in a long time because it refines and makes easier a lot of the things that I liked about Defender and Drop Zone. I think this is an easier game than both of those games, and I liked all the extra touches. I love the power ups. I love the mini bosses. I love the variety of enemies. Yeah. Uh, I love the adjustable difficulty level. Everything about it is so good, so good. So this is one of my this is one of my favorites. I can't believe that people don't talk. About, I guess people don't talk about this more because it is such a blatant ripoff of other games. Yeah. But I mean, for 1989, which is the same year that Hybris came out, uh, it is a. I mean, if I if you had this and Hybris, you're set for shooters. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think part of it is. I mean, I really don't. I think the. Uh, I th- in my opinion, the the allure of Defender and Defender Light Games has been on the wane over the years. I just don't think those things are as popular as they were back in the day. And so I think that's one of the reasons you don't hear much about it. Uh, because just I don't think as many people are into Defender uh, as they used to be. Uh, but, and, and the thing is, the, the, the downside of this game is, is that when I'm like, I'm not going to play this as long as I would play a, a, like a, a conventional shmup. Mm-hmm. Because the one thing that shmup's got is, you're seeing different areas. You're, you know, which is fun. You're, and, and so there's a there's a feeling like you're getting somewhere. Games like this, you're just sort of in a static area where you just sort of do the same thing over and over with additional enemies. You know, and yes, they throw in the bosses to break it up, but that's not as appealing to me as something like a conventional shooter. With all that said, though, if you're going to do something like this, you, got, you need to do a, a, a proper job. Yeah. You know, and, and there are people out there that dig this sort of thing. And it's amazing to me how much stuff is going on on the screen in this game, and there's no slowdown. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's tons and tons and tons of sprites on the screen. The one thing you have to get used to in this is that the uh, the stuff is, there's so much going on on the screen, and this, things aren't huge. Mm-hmm. These are smaller uh, these are smaller vessels, and so you're that that you're. There's so much going on. You've got to just kind of maintain focus on your own ship, just to make sure and you know where got, you're at. And you've got to keep a hand on the smart bomb button too, because sometimes things just get so hairy. You've got to use it. Yeah, and and much like in a lot of games that have a a, a button that does double duty, the uh, you you could sometimes get a little bit excited yeah. and you know waste one. Yeah. I found that, that like I said, the uh, power ups are great, but they're also something else. You don't. Just, you don't just get them. They sort of bounce around. You have to come over and, and grab them as they're bouncing around. And they can be tough to get. I mean, I didn't think this was an easy game. I'll put it that way. It wasn't like what I would call the hardest game I've ever played. But, I mean, it wasn't what I would call super easy either. I mean, you have to have a... Uh, there are people that are better at games like this than I am. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the ones that would enjoy this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this game reviewed very well uh, on uh, the, the magazine circuit. Um Amiga Resource gave it 16 out of 20. That's a that's a mag we don't talk about too much. Amiga Resource. Amiga yeah, Resource, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ace gave it an 870, I assume, out of 1,000. So this game, it, it scored mostly in the 80s. Overall average magazine rating, eight point, or 84%. Uh, scored almost an 8 on Lemon, 7.95. What which, do you think about that score? Where would you put this in your, in, in your boat internal scoring? This is a solid 8 for me, 8 out of 10. You know, it's not a perfect game, but it is a distillation of some great concepts, and it, graphically it can't be beaten. I would have liked to have had some music playing, some hybris-like music playing in the background. That would have been cool. Uh, I but, guess they wanted to stick with it. I mean... They have so much crazy noise That's going true. on. That's you know, that would make it. And, of course, in the Grand Williams tradition, there's no music in those games. Right, either, right, so. right. I would put this, I mean, this is a, this game is, I would, uh, is an above average game in terms of what it is. But, I mean, I don't think it's one that's going to have, like, a ton of lasting appeal unless 
you've got a partner or you're in some sort of high score battle, this would be a great game to have a high score battle in. Yeah, now. yeah, heck yeah. Um, we did get some Discord reviews on this one. Uh, let's see here. Uh, first one comes from David Hearn. Uh, David Hearn writer, he says, Datastorm is an extremely competent shooter, heavily inspired by Defender and the best Defender clone ever, Drop Zone. Lots of frantic action, plenty of power-ups, a quirky two-player mode, and behemoth motherships made it memorable. Yeah. Only downside, having to reload each time after dying was a bit of a drag, especially when you died as often as and as expediously as I did. Eight auto-fire pickups out of ten. Very good. Pajaco6502 writes, When I saw this pop up on the list a few days ago, I had no idea that I'd actually played this on my Amiga back in the day. The moment I clapped eyes on it, I remembered playing it on my trusty A500. So what is it? Well, it's part Defender, part Choplifter, part Gradius, and a tinge of Sinistar thrown in. Some lovely <laughs> cutscene and game over graphics really helped bookend the game. If I'm, office thing, if I'm honest, things move a little too fast, so you really have to be on your toes when playing. It's all too easy to f accidentally fly into a stray bullet or enemy without power-ups, so I found it easy to miss enemies despite filling in the screen with bullets. However, give it a few games and you'll settle in. I will say to me, the ship looks remarkably like the Battlestar Galactica Vipercraft. But overall, this remains a highly playable adaptation of Defender and the new additions to gameplay work well, even if things get a little crazy later on. Uh, an arcade classic updated well for the Amiga, 8 out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. He mentioned a couple of things. That we, I want to, before we close out, we do want to mention. Uh, yeah, we mentioned that when you get in your ship, your guy gets the big thumbs up. That's sort of like Viper like. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much Battlestar Galactica you watched. At the end, when you die, it shows you're like mauled craft, which I enjoyed. The top 10 score list on this is quite a, a, an eyeful. Yeah. There's all kinds of crazy well, stuff going on. Well, it's cool because you, you write your name and then, man, I think this is the one. Is this the one where you write a little message to? I I put my well. It's funny when I put my name in. I I, I was like, well, I want this stop showing this screen. It's so yeah. I think the thing is that you could write forever right. on this thing. Then you you have to hit the enter button and before it would well, do anything. Mm. But I mean, there's got it's got guys at the top like doing like the running man, and there's it's all kinds of crazy stuff. I mean, every screen in this is, is bombastic. Yeah, yeah, bombastic. That's the word of the day. All right, Aaron, that was a data storm. Let's move on. Are you a sketchy tech? Do you have the right tools for the job? Have there been incidents? Next time, don't try to fix it yourself. Send your broken Amiga to Retro Rewind. Get a full diagnostic, a reasonable estimate, and the peace of mind knowing that your machine is in the hands of real technicians with decades of experience and cutting edge repair equipment. Save 10% off your repair with the promo code AMIGOS10. Thank you to RetroRewind.ca for supporting this episode. Amiga News. All right, Aaron. Big news right off the bat. It is uh, Tapper is out. Oh, man. And I've seen it in action, Aaron. I uh, watched old uh, Bill's stream on Sunday, and Bill played a lot of Tapper. This game looks great. It's not perfect. There's still a couple bugs to be worked out. The funniest bug is that on the uh, the fairground level, when you get down to the bottom level, your guy is drawn on the wrong plane. So it looks like he's running on top of the bar to pick up the tips. <laughs> That's how you do it. But this is a, an outstanding effort, an outstanding effort. And, uh, you know, if, if you're a fan of Tapper like you and I are, you, you need to check this out. I love Tapper. 
uh, when we went to the uh, Galloping Ghost Arcade, uh, I, that was the machine I sought out. And, of course, Frank and his buddies, I believe one of those guys hopped on it, too. Great game. I think it was Frank, actually, was a big fan of this one. So, a uh, great game. And they probably haven't... It's been cloned about a million times, but it was super original back in the day. And I'm excited to see this. I'm, this is great. It's great to see the Amiga getting all these arcade ports. Yeah. I just love it. I love it so much. Yeah. But. All right. Uh, moving on down the line. Uh, guess what's up? A new issue of Amiga Addict. Yeah, I saw Aaron. the cover of this. It looks, it's so nice looking, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. This is a far cry from old Dana Carvey. Yeah, you won't let that. Let him go. Listen, let him go. Uh, so this is there's tons of great stuff on here. Uh, there's uh, a, a, a Paul interviews Amiga magazine magician Gary Penn. There, there's reviews of Geo's Quest Two, Ring Around the World, and Box Four. Take a look at a brand new Amiga BBS. All kinds. Brand of, new uh, Amiga yeah. BBS. You're kidding me. There's a look back at the Amigas in schools. That that one. I'm going to check that one out. I had no idea that at schools were using Amigas. Not in our schools. They weren't. No, no. We had Ataris in our schools That's for the right. longest time, man. <laughs> That's great. I, this, these all look good. It, it's something from the Pie Storm, Desert Strike, Project X. A lot of good stuff. Buddy. So as always, head on over to Amiga-Addict.com. Buy yourself a subscription to Amiga Addict. It's Britain's best-selling Amiga magazine. I'll, I'll read every issue. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. awesome. And I don't read that many mags. This next one, Aaron. Hey, the arcade ports keep coming, and I'm all for it. Oh, now, man. Galaxian. Galaxian doesn't get a lot of love It's anymore. much maligned, as they say. Yeah. And this game, you know, if you if you don't understand how you play it, and I mean the point system involved, then you don't get it. It's actually a super fun game. It's a great competitive point game. Me and the Chud have went at it for many years. Mm-hmm. And guess what, Aaron? It's coming. This is another one of these arcade por- perfect ports coming to us from JOTD. Oh, man. Uh, Galaxian is looking real, real fine. You know, uh, did you did you play this back in the day? No, because I was not born. I mean, but you, have you ever played this in the arcade at all? Uh, no. By the time that I was arcading, it was all Galaga. This game, when it came out, was, I mean, I'm this old. But it was so colorful. I mean, it's yeah. I think it was one of the first games that actually had color, mm-hmm. and it was you're just like, wow, look at that! It was, it's such a, a step beyond Space Invaders. Such yeah, a, it's such that, a step beyond. Yeah. Yes, you get it. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Because people, you look back on these games like, yeah, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. It's not as good as Galaga. You're right. It's a step. They're incremental right. steps. Right. And you've got to appreciate them for when they were released. That's right. And demanded. This will be great. Excellent work, boys. And finally, Aaron, oh, this man. one's just for you. Oh, man. There's a techno party at the booze drone. Uh, <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. The booze drone is back in action. August 5th in Helsinki, Finland. Man. Uh, the sixth annual booze drone will take place. How have I just heard about this? And there's been six of these? That's right. That's right. So they are uh, soliciting people to uh, submit your mod you got to have a four-channel mod playable in Pro Tracker. So get on it, BarkBit. Maximum size, 500 kilobits. Maximum length, five, three minutes. Get played at the Booze Room. Look at this. It's in B- Booze, Booze Embly Hill. Yeah. <laughs> what? That's awesome, Booze. Yeah, it is. Now, let me ask you a question. I know you uh, are quite familiar with the Finland. Oh, yes. Uh, does is uh, does Booze Drome have the same... Uh, uh, hilarious a meaning that it would be. If I guarantee 100% it does. <laughs> people are people are just laughing at Booze Drone all day over there. I love it. I love to go to Booze Drone, but that'd be awesome, man. 
All right, that's going to do it for this week's news, Aaron. What do we got going on over on the YouTube channel? We've got we've gotten into some trouble here, but we got into some action here in the last week. Uh, so, do you want to talk about just briefly? We, one of the things you released was a Best of Amigos. What is this all about? This new series uh, you got going? There, there's some clips yeah. of some funny things that I, I tasked Pajaco to clip out some funny and or interesting bits from the past month. Very good. I put them all in a video, and that's it. Very good, very good. So that that's uh, been released. Uh, me and the Brent got into some weird uh, zones with our TK90X Brazilian ZX Spectrum show on ARG Presents. Uh, and found a real find, a real find. Uh, and I want to mention that uh, the uh, our good buddy Happy Code, he got in touch with the author, but one of the games we talked about here, it's a brand new game called uh, Brox, Broxlico, I believe. But I'm sure that's wrong. Anyway, it's, it's Portuguese. What are you going to do? And this is a top-shelf game. I urge you to check out the show just to see that. And also, since we mentioned Happy Coding, I hope you feel better, my friend. Happy coding. Dislocated his shoulder in a oh, bike wreck. Sorry, mate. happy. No good, happy. So get better, my friend. Uh, and lastly, of course, there's an Ask the Amigos. Always, we got a lot of feedback on this already. I couldn't yeah. believe how much we got. So yeah, always a good time. And speaking of happy coding, over on the Amigos Stream Team channel, we've released a new uh, a new show with Happy Coding's Home Cooking. He's moving along and is uh, making his game on stream for your entertainment and your education. So check Happy out on there. Hopefully his dislocated shoulder won't affect his ability to program, Boat. Yes. All right, Aaron, what we got coming up next week? Who knows, Boat? Let's find out, shall we? Bubble and squawk? Bubble and squeak. <laughs> Is it squawk it's or squeak? It's squeak. It's squeak. Oh, squeak. I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> I better figure it out quick, huh? Yes. <laughs> so next week, Eep and I are going to Blackwater Falls. Oh, Blackwater. That's right. On, on your recommendation, Matt. Yeah. You're going to have a good time up there, but So the Brent will be filling in. Oh, man. You know what happens then when he comes around? It gets crazy. It gets real. We'll have to have the chair cleaned as well as soon as, he gets, <laughs> soon as he's gone. So yeah, me and the Brent will be taking a bubble and squeak next week, along with a few other choice morsels. It should be a good time, but Oh, yes. Guys, thank you as always for watching. We'll see you next time. And until then, adios. Amigos is made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Patreon supporters help choose the games we play, receive exclusive magnets, and get access to the Amigos Retro Gaming Discord server. Visit patreon.com slash amigospodcast if you'd like to support the show and join our community.